Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, February 26, 2018, episode 26. This is Tom coming at you from Washington, D.C., and my co-host Nick is Skyping in from Houston. Hey, Nick, you know what the doldrums are? What are the doldrums? You are experienced the doldrums. Mm. Doldrums is a windless expanse of ocean while you're sitting in a ship with no engine, Uh waiting for death. Death or the plague, whichever one comes or first. Or the combine. Um, so the combine the is the land in the distance, and that's coming up Wednesday. So we do, or actually, it's coming up on Tuesday when this podcast is out. Should be the first day of the combine. But until then, we've been suffering like all you guys with not a lot of news. But oh, we have plenty of news. It's just fake news, mock drafts to be specific, ridiculous conjecture, and just a lot of guesswork. Yeah, so there have been some egregious, egregious offenses that have happened with some of these mock drafts first. I think we had some other stuff planned, but why don't we just dive into that real quick? Just real quick. I need to address something that's happening right now, which is this bizarre phenomena of of people mocking a quarterback to the Steelers in the first round. I am disturbed by this. I've seen a number of people mock a QB to the Steelers, even a couple fools insinuating that the Steelers would trade up to take a quarterback, particularly Josh Allen. So if you guys don't know, there are like five main quarterback prospects this year. You got Josh Allen, who's basically like a Blake Bortles type guy. Everyone, he's a big guy. His wow plays are great, but he barely makes 50% of his completions. He's going to pretty much definitively have to sit. Oh, hold on. Something's exploding in my bathroom. Nick, are you back? I'm back. There is, okay? is there's no disaster. Disaster okay. averted. Cat was halfway into the toilet. He was examining the same thing. He it looks like he had it under control before I even got there. I think uh, the water gets shut off in my apartment about every two and a half days, so it was actually just rushing back into the to the um to the toilet. And to um, so anyway, back to the quarterback controversy. Yeah, Josh Allen, he sucks, and a lot of people are anticipating that the Steelers would draft him because skill set wise, he's like a poor man's Ben Roethlisberger, big guy, vertical passing. So actually, in one sense, it sort of does make sense to to like of all the teams 
Allen could go to, the Steelers actually do make the most sense because obviously he would get to sit for a few years and then his skill set, if he was able to maximize it, matches the Steelers. Um, now, obviously, you know, there's Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, two Heisman winners, and then Josh Rosen from UCLA and Sam Darnold from USC. No, None of them are surefire quarterback hits. The Steelers aren't going to take any of them. They are in a win-now mode. They need to, especially if you don't know if you're going to have Le'Veon Bell pass the year. Ben has already said he's in for at least one year, and the rumblings are possibly three years or so. So there's no way they're going to take a developmental quarterback in the first round when they need help on defense immediately. So I'm just going to shut that down right now. All right. Well, we are in a win-first mode like every team, and we're in a desperate mode for inside linebacker. Well, we're but, semi-desperate mode for safety. I think it's desperate for both, but especially for inside linebacker. And I don't think that every team is in a win-now mode. I think there are teams, obviously, we're all going to point to the Browns, but uh, even other teams, the Jets and, and, and such, they're in a win-later mode. And that's a smart way to run your team. When you're not in the window, you should build that team before reaching for some guy to, to complete it or whatever. But the Steelers are definitively in a win now because they can and they need to. There's no sense preparing for four years down the road. All right, so we are going to get a look at the quarterbacks at the Combine. But as you were saying, Steelers probably aren't in the market for that. What do you think we're going to see in the Combine? So obviously we're going to look at the two big positions that you mentioned and that we're going to hammer into our listeners' brains over the next weeks until the draft. Uh, you're going to be looking at the inside linebackers and the safeties. But a lot of people wonder, like, how much does the combine matter? How much do we care about guys running in underwear and how that applies to them playing football? Well, to the Steelers, it seems like it matters a lot. So if you're a Steelers fan, here's what you need to look for to kind of predict the type of guys who the Steelers are going to pick. Based on recent history, the Steelers take, first off, usually defensive players. All the drafts have been pretty much dedicated to that. And they are almost always freak athletes who are raw prospects. A lot of times they're underclassmen who are coming out a year early. but So they're not like polished, refined players. But the Steelers think they can take those raw athletes that maybe if they stayed in college for another year, maybe they'd be a top 10 pick. Well, you're going to get them in the 20s because they're still a little bit raw and the Steelers hope that they can mold them into a great player. So a lot of the way you figure out about those type of prospects is by how they test at the combine, which measures athleticism. But not football prowess necessarily. No, not necessarily. So it's worked to varying success with the Steelers recently. So look at these major picks. All examples of big athletes, but very raw. And I think all most of them came out early, if not all of them. Bud Dupree, total athlete. He'd only play outside linebacker for like a couple years, ever, in his life. And we're seeing how that is working out or not working out. Another one, Artie Burns. Same deal. He came out of college a year early because he is a man among boys. His mom died, and he's take he takes care of his other of his younger brothers. So that was a huge catalyst in him leaving early. But therefore, he's a great athlete who is very raw. Take him. That's not working out too great either. Ryan Shazier is another one. One of the best athletes in the country, but still had some um, problems missing tackles. And then, uh, obviously, that's working out great. And they have Sammy Coates and Martavis Bryant. They dropped the ball in college just like they do in the NFL. But the Steelers don't like to pass on super athletes, and they're not afraid to take a chance on raw guys like that. And as evidenced by Tyler Tyler Medikavich. 
It's a stupendous red-headed athlete. Little Captain America himself. Yeah, that's funny. Doesn't he buck the trend? He is the opposite. He's the farthest thing you can get from an athlete, but he was very refined at his position. I think that's kind of a slick pick by the Steelers, too, to get Matikiewicz, who was such a dominant uh, linebacker in college, but they got him in the seventh round, I think with the idea that he would be a, a decent backup, but a great special teams player, and it looks like they hit on that. We can go so all it's not back. all athletes. Sure, but uh, to your point, Jarvis Jones... Uh, 2013 first round pick. Just he's Bud Dupree just earlier. Well, he's Although interesting Bud, because Bud's, he Bud's much more athletic. Jarvis actually fits that mold of the guy who kind of maxed out his potential. He was very refined in college, but not a super great athlete. Didn't test well at the combine, so he bucks the trend. And some people think that uh, he, him being a bust, is what has kind of scared the Steelers off from that. Uh, recently, but I, I don't really know if that scared them off. They have a long history of drafting the athletes. So all we're trying to say here is that the combine is actually a big deal to the Steelers. Um, look for their guy, you know, the inside linebackers who are projected to be first or second round guys, but also test great to be uh, targets for the Steelmen. So we will be tuning in on February 27th, Tuesday, watching through Today. Monday, March 5th, Lucas Oil Stadium. We'll do the watching for you. Tune back in here for our explicit analysis. Yeah, we'll give you some breakdown next week. We'll see. We'll, so another thing we're going to do next week is uh, start breaking down some of the linebacker prospects for you. And listen, we have day jobs. We aren't going to be able to pour over all the tape. If you want to hear some really great in-depth analysis of pro, uh, prospects so your brain almost hurts, check out John Ledyard. He has a podcast called Locked on Steelers. He's a great source of information, but we're going to kind of give you, hey, here are the five names you need to know of guys they could possibly take in the first or second round, and maybe here's like five of the free agents that we'll be looking at. So we'll give you some of that breakdown along with the combine stuff next week. So we want to move into a little liter literary critique. It was a, an article on Bleacher Report title, which is Le'Veon Bell is getting a raw deal from the Steelers and the system. I got to take issue with that, that he's getting a raw deal. Raw mm -hmm. deal by whose standard? I mean, Le'Veon wants to be paid like a number one running back and a number two wide receiver. He's looking at getting paid $14.5 this year. I don't know what, his, what the amount he's looking for is, but the, to say he's getting a raw deal stretches reality. Right. I mean, he's, he's, listen, I, I'll take the player aside in a lot of these things. And it is true that the running back is devalued and it kind of sucks. They get drafted on these first contracts, which are inherently cheaper because the rookie contracts are more affordable. Uh, even if you're like a top five guy, but especially if you're a second rounder like Le'Veon Bell, he's still on his rookie contract with one year of a franchise tag. And they, the strategy that NFL teams use um, because they're running a business, is to run those guys into the ground and then kind of move on from them. So I understand it sucks, but this guy insinuated that the Steelers and the NFL are screwing over Le'Veon Bell, but really it's the collective bargaining agreement that is screwing him over. And the way that people, that players aren't allowed to renegotiate their rookie contracts, which is something that every single team in the NFL agreed to, except for the Pittsburgh Steelers when the voting happened. And look, for 2021 to be a crazy year because that's the next CBA bar, um, like negotiation that they're doing, and a lot of people are predicting a lockout. But until then, Le'Veon, 
he's kind of trapped in the system, but I don't think the Steelers are necessarily screwing him. They're offering him a ton of money. Yeah, trapped at fourteen and a half million. The question yeah. is what 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 happens in the, in the out out years? I mean, he's going to make that for this year. What do you think the reality of him actually sitting out a year is? I think everybody has said that that is very unlikely because he would stand to make, you know, 14 and a half million, 15 million dollars, which is like more than he's made in his whole career cumulatively. I mean, he made the 12 and a half last year. He basically doubled his career earnings just by playing this one year. It would be hard to see him not play, but he's a confident guy and he's talked about it before. So I wouldn't say it's out of the realm of possibility, but I'd say it's highly unlikely that he would sit out a whole year. Well, it seems like the only reason you do that other than to make a stand, I'm not sure why a guy would want to do that, is that he is banking on a multi-year $14 million contract if he sits out a year. Yeah, and I'm not even sure if sitting out a year gets him out of the Steelers' clutches. I don't think it just makes him a free agent. They might be able to still have his rights. They might be able to franchise tag him again. Um, so I don't even know if that would actually do anything. So I doubt he'll do that. And listen, like I said before, Le'Veon Bell – when he wanted the $17 million a year, in, in certain ways, it's, it's hard to argue that. Like for, for this year and for last year, is the guy worth that amount of money? Keep in mind that Antonio Brown is the highest paid receiver. He makes $19 million a year. Has Le'Veon the past couple of years been as valuable as Antonio? Of course. Totally. Made a huge impact on, on, on the team. But it's just from a business sense, to guarantee him that every single year for the next four or five years – that doesn't make a ton of sense. So hopefully they can meet somewhere in the middle. The guy's still going to get paid out the wazoo. We make a ton of money. So hopefully they find that space in between. But, you know, we don't really know what the real numbers requested are or what the Steelers are offering. So it's kind of hard for us to make real judgment. We'll send that question about the franchise tag to the research department. Talk about it next week. Yeah, let's hit the interns with that. So if I may go off uh, off topic here for a moment, we're talking, we're in the doldrums and I, there is a, a story exploding in the news, has been exploding, but it, became, it hit home this week with Sean Miller being accused of accepting or being party to a bribe for some of his top talent. And I bring this story up just because the NCAA scandal is just interesting. And Sean Miller, hometown boy, played at Pitt. I'm not sure everybody in the listening audience understands his uh, his history. Who's he coaching at? So Sean Miller is a coach in the NCAA. Sean Miller is a coach at Arizona. And they're all getting busted for paying players. Yeah, and it, it's pervasive. I mean, the names that are being bandied about are some of the most famous head coaches in the NCAA history. But Sean Miller, interesting, he played for Pitt from 1987 to 92. Um, unbelievable. He was the point guard. And although his his numbers were somewhat pedestrian at 10 points a game, He's the number 17 all-time scorer for Pitt, an all-time best three-point shooter at the school. And he has the, um, he's ranked 10th among Division I players in free throw at uh, 89%. Just it's interesting, but he was a floor leader from his fresh, true freshman year and uh, had all the tools. Nobody's surprised he became a great head coach. And he has been a good head coach. And I don't know whether this accusation will be proven true or false. He actually... Probably he is right? maintaining his innocence, and he said the truth will come out. But uh, well, he has been accused. They, he was wiretapped by the FBI uh, discussing a $100,000 payment to his prized prospect, DeAndre Ayton, who's seven foot one, and he is the star freshman in Arizona right now. 
Right. Well, everybody, it's kind of common knowledge that this is what the colleges do, particularly, I mean, in football and in basketball. And this whole AAU system filters kids from the time they're in middle school all the way to colleges, you know. So uh, I can't say I'm surprised. It sucks to hear this pit guy is the first one that really goes down. It's kind of shameful. And uh, I, it's interesting that the FBI has taken such an interest in it. But there's just rumblings that they got to redo that whole structure and, re- and maybe consider actually paying athletes and what are you going to do with that. Um, I sort of doubt that college would budge on that, but uh, everybody has different opinions on that. Um, but yeah, sucks to see a pit guy go down first. That's that's a bummer. He's a pit legend. Well, he's he's long he's long past first. I mean, uh, Patino. I mean, there are there are a number of coaches who who are just in the hot seat and have been in the hot seat. This will be interesting to see how it breaks. Again, the question is: Should players be paid? Should they be given a stipend? What what is the deal? But you know, it is agents, shoe companies, and AAU coaches the center of this whole thing yep it's messed up isn't it it is they don't even up. have a collective bargaining agreement over there i mean think about that eh? well the how about the guy from uh northwest northwestern tried to rally the ncaa football players was it two years ago to form a union right. yeah and you just can't get a bunch of 20 year olds no, to pay attention really long enough to form a union group to, no the add kicks in and there's not a lot you can do after that so we won't continue to ramble here. There, there is a lack of news, but it, it will start tomorrow. Uh, yeah, it's well, going to start back up. I should say February twenty seventh, the combine. We'll have some interesting Today. things to look at: football and underwear. And nice. uh, next week, we'll be looking at a breakdown of Kevin Colbert's pre- press conference. We will look at, as as Nick mentioned before. We'll be looking at possible inside linebacker candidates and free agency and uh, the combine. Yep. And we'll be also doing our weekly. Bell Watch. Anyway, so enjoy this short show. Thanks for joining us. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Come to our website, SteelersOutpost.com, or hit us with an email, SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Okay, everybody, don't forget to pray for Le'Veon Bell's long-term contract, getting signed, sealed, and delivered before March 6th. We don't have much time left. All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. Okay. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.